You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to InfoWars War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Yes, we are live again after a Thanksgiving break. Hope everybody had a good one. I know I did. Plenty of rest and relaxation and yard work for me personally. We got about a week's worth of news to catch up on, so our producers are scrambling behind the scenes to print out the just massive stacks of news that we plan to cover today. We'll get into the latest, what's happening in Israel, some interesting developments there, Uh, hostages being released, ceasefires being extended, cargo ships being seized and then rescued as we inch ever closer towards World War III, like some sort of suicidal inchworm, some sort of caterpillar that just can't take life anymore. We're just inching. We're inching towards World War III, and we'll get into what that might look like a little bit later. We also have a new respiratory illness in China. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure we don't have to worry about it. We'll look into that. Also, apparently swine flu is making a comeback. Maybe they're just launching everything. Maybe their plan for 2024 is just a full-on assault on humanity from every different angle. We'll get into exactly what's going on there. Ireland has had some interesting last couple days with an Algerian migrant stabbing school children and then massive riots across Dublin as Irish patriots burn a refugee center, amongst other things. We'll talk to you about what exactly happened and the response from the government, which is, of course, to destroy the civil rights of the Irish, who routinely expressed their desire not to be completely replaced by foreigners from Africa, and yet those desires go resolutely ignored. We're also going to talk about – well, there's a lot – there's kind of a lot of stuff to get into. Immigration, a big story today as well. Some new videos from Border Hawk showing – just how well-coordinated the invasion truly is. So we'll get into all of that and more today, hopefully taking your phone calls if I have time. Some very interesting videos I want to get to as well. I don't know if we'll have time to get to all of these. And I, I really haven't had time personally to look into some of this stuff yet, so I'm glad that I assume uh, Greg Reese is looking into it. Malaysia Airline Flight 370 captured by unknown forces. This is something that's been sort of percolating up for a while. It it didn't initially sma- uh, pass my, my smell test. just seemed too good to be true. There's a guy on Twitter, and you're seeing the images now if you're a television viewer, that's publishing videos that appears to be objects circling around a plane – then disappears. And again, just you see something like this, you just go, and I don't know. I don't know. Kind of too good to be true. I don't know if that's the right phrase. It's like, I don't know. I'm suspicious of this. So I'm glad Greg Reese has looked into it. We'll show that video a little bit later and get his view on it. There's also a lot of UFO alien disclosure news coming up. I will try to get into as well. Pentagon launching new ultra-powerful nuclear weapons. 
which is great, which is uh, very nice to see. Also, apparently, Google AI was asked about the U.S. moon landing photos, and he said they were fake. The Google AI said these images were fake. So we'll look into that and see what conclusions we can come to from there. Also, of course, the pandemic treaty is still chugging along, and as the world is distracted by war and conflict and conquest, the subtle, quiet, behind-the-scenes takeover is, of course, still happening at a pace. Central bank digital currency, uh, pandemic treaties robbing you of your sovereignty, and so much more to come in today's episode of The War Room. Stay with us. Of course, you can go to InfoWarsStore.com to support everything that we do here. Boy, we're about to do a lot. We're also going to give you an update as to a video we played last week. Very unpleasant man. Sort of got what was coming. Go to hell, New World Order. What kept you? We are running some old friends. Is she all right? Seems okay if we can get to it. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Harrison, visit InfoWars.com forward slash show now. I hope that old man got the tractor beam out of commissioner. This is going to be a real short trip. Okay, yeah. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show today. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Very, very big news day today, as it is really a, a news week, as we have a lot to cover from the last week that we have been off air, a little less than a week, but time flies, doesn't it? We'll start with Israel. Of course, Elon Musk is taking a trip, has taken a trip to Israel, he's there now, from Infowars.com. Musk offers to help rebuild a de-radicalized, prosperous Gaza after touring ravaged kibbutz with Netanyahu, Elon Musk showed up in southern Israel on Monday at the personal invitation of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, where he was given a tour of an Israeli kibbutz left des- uh, desolate by the October 7th Hamas terror raids. Musk, while on tour of Kafar Aza, heard details from the Israeli Defense Force troops of the massacres in the kibbutz. Israeli media is described as a scene of horrors, one among more than 20 communities ravaged, where in some cases entire families were butchered. Musk later said... That day, it was jarring to see the scene of the massacre. Musk heard briefings and personal stories of both tragedy and heroism, including the story of kidnapped Israeli-American toddler Abigail Idan, who turned four in captivity but was released Sunday as part of the third-round hostage swaps between Hamas and Israel. Her parents were murdered directly before her eyes, with accounts saying that her dad was holding her when he was shot. Uh, after also being shown in a short film, uh, being shown a short film of the Hamas attacks, Hamas commented, Musk commented that it was troubling to see the joy experienced by people who were killing innocent civilians. As part of Musk's visit, he and Prime Minister Netanyahu held a live talk via X Spaces, wherein the Prime Minister repeated his call for Hamas to be destroyed, and where Musk responded, uh, Musk responded, "There's no choice." And after uh, touring ravaged kibbutzes, said, "I'd like to help as well." 
Netanyahu laid out that his main priority was to neutralize Hamas, after which he will turn to rebuilding Gaza. First, you have to get rid of this poisonous regime, he says. Musk agreed and offered to be involved in the post-war recovery, saying, I think it makes perfect sense that those who are intent on murder must be neutralized, then the propaganda must stop, and then making Gaza prosperous. Interesting stuff. There's the uh, space that he held. In, a state, in statements that are likely to prove controversial, particularly to the pro-Palestinian side, Musk also voiced that civilian casualties are unavoidable and generally appeared to back Israel's position that's trying hard to avoid them while seeking to target only terrorists. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to avoid them. I mean, if we're being, if we're being real, it's, uh, it's easier to avoid them when you aren't actively bombing civilians, but hey, what do I know? What do I know? Lately, Israeli officials have tried to make controversial historical comparisons to World War II, which hasn't always gone well with, Rust- uh, with Western media encounters at a moment when the Palestinian death toll has reached the grim milestone of 15,000 killed. 15,000 civilians killed. More or less. I mean, it's, it's a round number. But see, the number of Hamas soldiers that they've actually killed is sort of a rounding error. I mean, it's, you know, maybe a couple dozen official count. But hey, I guess that's them trying. I guess they're trying to avoid civilian deaths. They're just not very good at it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, just wondering where else that sort of... Uh, Those sort of numbers could be apparent. Like if you go hunting 10 times, you don't ever bag a deer, but you do shoot like four or five other hunters. I don't know how hard you're really trying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just don't know. However, the ceasefire has been extended for two more days. More than three dozen Palestinian prisoners have returned home in the occupied West Bank as part of a ceasefire deal between Israel and Hamas. Israel and Hamas agreed to extend their ceasefire for two more days past Monday, the Qatari government said, raising the prospect of a longer halt to their deadliest and most destructive war in further exchanges of militant-held hostages for Palestinians imprisoned by Israel. The announcement made by Qatari Foreign Minister Spokesperson Majad al-Ansari in a post on X came on the final day of the original four-day truce between the warring sides. The Israeli military said Monday evening that 11 hostages were handed over to the Red Cross in Gaza and were on their way to Israeli territory, making the start of the fourth swap under the original truce. Israel said it would extend the ceasefire for one day for every 10 additional hostages released. After the announcement by Qatar, a key mediator in the conflict along with the United States and Egypt, Hamas confirmed it had agreed to a two-day extension under the same terms, but Israel says it remains committed to crushing Hamas's military capabilities and ending its 16-year rule over Gaza after its October 7th attack into southern Israel. That would likely mean extending, uh, expanding a ground offensive from devastated northern Gaza to the south, where hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have crammed into United Nations shelters and where dire conditions persist despite the increased delivery of aid under the truce. Israel will resume its operation with full force as soon as the current deal expires if Hamas does not agree to further hostage releases, government spokesperson Elon Levy told reporters on Monday. Israel said that in addition to dismantling Hamas, freeing the rest of the ca- captives is a top priority. And they have uh, been releasing captives. We have a couple uh, videos of that we can play here. Uh, and we can just roll these as 
uh, B-roll 9 and 10. Hamas release a video of today's hostage handover with a second batch of Israeli and Thai hostages uh, released as well. You see that taking place here under the supervision of the International Red Cross. Let me go ahead and roll that video as B-roll if we want. Interestingly, one of the hostages, two of the hostages actually, a mother and daughter, have written a letter to Hamas. Again, this is just kind of unexpected, you might say, from censored men on Twitter. To the generals who have accompanied me, uh, this is Israel hostage writes a letter to Hamas. To the generals who have accompanied me in recent weeks, it seems we will part ways tomorrow, but I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your extraordinary humanity shown towards my daughter, Amelia. You were like parents to her, inviting you, inviting her into your rooms whenever she desired. She acknowledges feeling like all of you are her friends, not just her friends, but truly beloved and good. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the many hours you spent as caregivers. Thank you for being patient with her and showering her with sweets, fruits, and everything available even when it was not. Children should not be in captivity, but thanks to you and other kind people we met along the way, my daughter felt like a queen in Gaza. In general, she acknowledges feelings, uh, feeling like the center of the world. She hasn't met anyone on our long journey from the rank and file to the leadership who didn't treat her with gentleness, affection, and love. I will forever be a prisoner of gratitude because she did not leave here with a lifelong psychological trauma. I will remember your kind behavior granted here despite the difficult situation you were dealing with yourselves and the severe losses you suffered here in Gaza. I wish in this world we could truly be good friends. I wish you all health and well-being, health and love to you and your family's children. Many thanks, Danielle and Amelia. Which is interesting. Which is, uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. Just sort of odd. But you can see the the handwritten letter with the photos of the uh, girl and her mother. They're thanking, thanking Hamas for treating them kindly. Very strange, but all of the videos of the hostages being released, uh, they do look like they were well cared for. And just like we saw with the initial releases, tend to turn around and and thank and hug and say goodbye to the uh, hostage takers that had uh, had them in their possession for the last several weeks. Just interesting. Just very interesting. And it's especially interesting because you have... Examples of, there's a young Irish-Israeli girl who was delivered, and originally her father was like, I hope she died because that would be a better outcome than being a prisoner of Hamas. Maybe the views are a little bit skewed here. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources 
is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around. Because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. America is waking up to the sad and painful fact that we've been under a multinational globalist deep state intelligence agency controlled coup for decades in this country. We didn't have full control 30, 40 years ago, but they're really attempting full control now. And that's where we are. And InfoWars has engaged in the best long-term analysis of the enemy operation and predicted the resistance movement would form against it and the fact that we would have major successes against the enemy, but they would then double, triple, quadruple down. That's where we are now. So it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. I just want to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. It's more important than ever that we get funding. We try to make it easier for you to fund us by simply going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting great products that enrich you and your family's lives. I want to just encourage you all to not forget that without you, we won't be here. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Give you the official numbers here out of Israel. So we'll talk about the wider conflict that this is inspiring. We'll also talk a little bit about the mention made in that previous article about how Israel is walking back some of the comparisons it's making to historical bombing campaigns by the Allies in World War II. We'll talk about that. Of course, Elon Musk is in Israel right now talking about rebuilding Gaza. But I wonder if Gaza, if the, the Gazans will ever return to the area that they've been uh, kicked out of. And we'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. But here's the official numbers. So far, 58 hostages have been released during the current truce, including 39 Israelis. Before the truce, four hostages were, were freed. Another was rescued and two more were found dead inside Gaza. Israel has released 117 Palestinians from prison since the truce began. After weeks of national trauma, over roughly 240 people abducted by Hamas and other militants, scenes of the women and children reuniting with families have rallied Israelis behind the call to return those who remain in captivity, Hamas and other militants could still be holding up to 175 hostages, enough to potentially extend the ceasefire two and a half weeks, but those include a number of soldiers, and Hamas is likely to make greater demands for their release. So as they said, you know, uh, basically, a, they'll, they'll extend the ceasefire for a day for every 10 prisoners released. So that's how that math breaks down. On Sunday, yesterday, Hamas freed 17 hostages, including 14 Israelis, and Israel released 39 Palestinian prisoners, the third such exchange under the truce. Most hostages appeared to be physically well, but a 84-year-old Elma Evraham was airlifted to Israel's Soroka Medical Center in life-threatening condition because of inadequate care, the hospital said. So far, 19 people of other nationalities have been freed during the truce, mostly, mostly Thai nationals. Many Thais work in Israel, largely as farm laborers. Mirav Raviv, whose three relatives were released Friday, said they'd been fed irregularly and lost weight. One reported eating mainly bread and rice and sleeping on makeshift bed of chairs pushed together. Hostages sometimes had to wait hours to use the bathroom, she said. More than 13,000 Palestinians have been killed since the war began, although other 
counts, as we just said, have it as high as uh, 13, um, sorry, 14,000, 15,000, I should say. But hey, what's what's an extra thousand Palestinians here or there, right? Uh, most of them, two thirds of them, actually women and minors, according to the health ministry in Hamas ruled Gaza, which does not differentiate between civilians and combatants. More than 1,200 people have been killed on the Israeli side, mostly civilians killed in the initial attack. At least 77 soldiers have been killed in Israel's ground offensive. Again, these numbers are uh, it's really uncertain. An Israeli assault has driven three-quarters of Gaza's population from their homes, and now most of its 2.3 million are crowded into the south. More than one million are living in UN shelters. The Israeli military has barred hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who fled north, uh, fled south from returning north, which is why I wonder if they'll ever be allowed back. I guess we'll wait and see. Now, when we left you last week, the ceasefire was brand new and sort of shocking for those of us who have been paying attention. And they have, they had for a while said that even discussions of a ceasefire were utterly unapproachable. Didn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Not even in the discussion. And then suddenly they were talking about a ceasefire. And as we looked at sort of the surrounding conflict, it was pretty clear that that change in posture was at least in part because of the increased actions in the north of Israel as Hezbollah was almost systematically destroying Israel bases there in the entire north part of Israel. It's more or less been depopulated as everybody has moved south, upwards of 60,000 Israelis having left the, the north of that country. And so it looked like greater activity to the north. They maybe didn't want to be bogged down in Gaza to the south with their limited Israeli infantry and numbers. And that conflict continues. Indeed, lots of places around the whole Middle East area are getting a little bit uh, a little bit aggressive. Tanker hijacked off coast of Yemen in third attack on Israel Israeli linked ships since Gaza war began. Attackers seized a tanker linked to Israel off the coast of Yemen on Sunday. Authorities said, while no group immediately claimed responsibility, it comes as at least two other maritime attacks in recent days have been linked to the Israel-Hamas war. The attackers seized the Liberian-flagged Central Park, managed by Zodiac Maritime in the Gulf of Aden, the company and private intelligence from firm Ambry said. An American defense official, speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss intelligence matters, also confirmed to the Associated Press that the attack took place. Zodiac described the vessel as being owned by Klumvez Shipping Incorporated, though other records directly linked Zodiac as the owner. London-based Zodiac Maritime is part of Israeli billionaire I.L. Ofer's Zodiac Group. British corporate records listed two men with the name Ofer as a current and former director of Klumvez Shipping, including Daniel Guy Ofer, who was a director at Zodiac Maritime. So in other words, the uh, Yemeni rebels have basically announced that they will attack or do what they can to prevent the passing of any vessel associated with or owned by Israel. So you can hear even in that uh, AP article, it's actually from uh, Haaretz, but it's a repost from uh, Associated Press. Apparently they're doing their research. They're like, we don't really actually know who owns this ship. And the Yemenis are like, we do. It's an Israeli, so we're attacking it. Pretty interesting. Now it was actually rescued by a U.S. warship. 
from The Guardian, U.S. warship rescues Israeli-linked tanker Central Park after attacking the Gulf of Aden. The ship was boarded by gunmen who fled and then surrendered when the USS Mason arrived. Uh, it intervened and rescued an Israeli-linked tanker that had been attacked by armed individuals in the Gulf of Aden, the U.S. military said. The latest such incidents underscored the heightened risk of shipping in the region. In the region. USS Mason responded to distress call by Central Park tanker in the Gulf of Aden and demanded the ship's release. Subsequently, five armed individuals debarked the ship and attempted to flee via this small boat. The Mason pursued the attackers, resulting in their eventual surrender. The crew of the MV Central Park is currently safe. And we, they, the, the American vessel actually uh, was targeted by missiles. Houthi rebels in Yemen, backed by Islamic Republic of Iran, fired at least two ballistic missiles at the USS Mason, a guided missile destroyer operating in the Gulf of Aden and a nearby commercial tanker ship. The USS Mason is operating as part of the U.S. Navy task force in the region and had recently intercepted the uh, Central Park a tanker ship that had been hijacked by Houthi rebels. Upon intercept, the Houthi rebels abandoned the Central Park and attempted to flee by speedboat but were captured by the U.S. Navy. But they did apparently uh, take missile fire while that was going on. Two ballistic missiles were fired from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen tor- towards the general location of the USS Mason and Central Park. The missiles landed in the Gulf of Aden approximately 10 nautical miles from the ship. According to the statement, neither ship was damaged by the missile attack and no sailors reported injuries. So while there is a ceasefire, it could be over in as little as two days or could be extended upwards of a month. But while that is occurring, the so-called axis of resistance or axis of terror, axis power, whatever you want to call it, uh, continues to operate and continues to expand operations against Israel, including reports of over 10,000 Houthi troops demanding Saudi permission to transit Saudi territory and lay siege to Israel. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war. But I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link. X2, back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. Infowars.com forward slash show. The command center in the battle for clarity and truth. Harrison Smith invites you to the war room. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll finish up here with uh, what's happening in Israel. Uh, save some of the strangest stories for last. We'll move on to what's going on in Ireland. Very, It's an international show today. It's an international show. We still have a lot to cover in terms of the economy and COVID. Oh, yeah, lots of COVID news out today as well with new mRNA vaccines 
their trials being ended because wouldn't you know it, it causes myocarditis, makes your heart explode. Who would have who could have ever seen this coming? Just incredible. First of all, a video that we played last week of a very unpleasant, indeed despicable little man basically harassing an Egyptian food seller has come to a interesting conclusion. He's been arrested, which I don't think he deserved to be arrested. Maybe a maybe a simple ticketing, maybe a fine of some sort, since the reports were that he was continuously harassing this guy at his place of work for uh, two weeks straight. He was former Obama advisor Stuart Seldowitz. He's now been fired for claiming that killing 4,000 Palestinian children, quote, wasn't enough. We showed you that video and, and talked about some others that have been captured. Originally, nobody knew who this guy was. They posted the video onto X saying, do we know who this guy is? He, for the last two weeks, has been harassing this guy saying really just awful things and like laughing in this sort of maniacal, vicious way. Really showing you like really true evil. I mean, it it was crazy. It's bad. And the worst part about this, I would say, is that he previously held significant roles in the U.S. State Department, including acting director at the National Security Council South Asia Directorate under Obama, Again, this was a guy who, and I, you know, I'm not one to throw around the term Islamophobic, but he clearly had hatred for the religion of Islam. I mean, there's no doubt. It's one thing if you go, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't allow a bunch, maybe we shouldn't allow a million Muslims into France," and they're like, "You're Islamophobic." It's like, no, I just, I just like France and want it to stay France. But then you have, you know, people sitting there going, "Do you rape your daughter like Muhammad did?" And it's like, okay, you have some deep seated issues that you're venting on this random food vendor, you despicable little goblin. And then the laugh. The laugh was one thing I didn't point out when we were playing it before. He's like mocking and harassing this guy and then just like... (laughs) It's like, what is wrong with you, dude? This guy's probably a multi-millionaire spending his free time going and harassing some guy working at probably minimum wage, if not less. And he was the National Security Council director over Southeast Asia, a.k.a. the Muslim part of Asia. So I think that's a little bit troubling that we've got these hateful, vicious people who clearly have a religious hatred for Muslims actually overseeing America's policy towards Muslim countries. Not just that. But he was also a deputy director and senior political officer in the U.S. State Department's Office of Israel and Palestinian Affairs from 1999 to 2003. I mean, people wonder why the conflict keeps going, why the Palestinians don't trust any peace agreement brokered by Israel or America, why America gets the bad reputation in the Middle East. And then you realize that there's people like this who are the American representatives for Palestinian affairs. So here's a guy who clearly has just like a vicious racial hatred for Palestinians saying, quote, killing 4,000 Palestinian children wasn't enough. And he's the person that we, America, chooses to send as our representative 
to Palestine. It's un-American. It's absolutely un-American. Again, you can say what you want about Islam. I'm not Muslim, and I don't agree with a lot of their strictures. Definitely not a fan of Sharia law. Definitely don't think we need more Muslims in this country. That being said, this is supposed to be America, and you're not supposed to bring your long-held ethnic tribalism to this country and then operate as our representatives in our government to carry out whatever racial hatred you have. That's not what America is about. Not what it's supposed to be about. It is what it's about, though, actually, when you look into it. Meanwhile, from the gray zone, AP uh, erases Israeli pledge to attack Gaza like Axis power as officials threaten Palestinians with, quote, Dresden Dresden doctrine. An Israeli official proudly compares their uh, as Israeli officials proudly compare their bombardment of the Gaza Strip to the allied firebombing of Dresden. The Associated Press has quietly removed a section noting U.S. alarm over the historical comparisons. The Associated Press has quietly deleted a reference to official Israeli threats to sub uh, to subject the Gaza Strip to a Dresden style firebomb campaign. The latest move in legacy media outlets ongoing push to downplay the impacts of Tel Aviv's siege of over two million Palestinians. Quote, four U.S. officials familiar with the discussion said that American diplomats became increasingly alarmed by comments from their Israeli counterparts regarding the intention to deny water, food, medicine, electricity and fuel into Gaza, as well as the inevitability of civilian casualties. The AP article previously stated members of the Israeli security and political establishment told the U.S. diplomats that the eradication of Hamas would require methods used to defeat the Axis powers in World War II, the AP originally wrote adding that, quote, Israeli officials have publicly made similar comparisons. The offending passages have since been deleted without explanation, consigned to the memory hole. The decision is all the more baffling considering that Israeli officials have made no secret of their desire to treat Palestinian civilians the same way Western allies treated Germans at the end of World War II. In an October 16th interview, the Israeli ambassador to the UK shrugged off concerns about thousands of innocents killed in IDF strikes in, on Gaza, suggesting that because Allied powers killed tens of thousands of German civilians with rel- relentless airstrikes in the 1940s, Israel is entitled to do the same. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that's disturbing. And, you know, first among those would be that those bombings were done in secret, and the people of the UK and America didn't know that the bombing of Dresden took place, killing something like 130,000. That's maybe one of the higher estimates, but somewhere between 100 and 135,000 innocent civilians in Dresden. And when it was revealed in the 60s, it became a giant contention and a giant controversy because the Americans and the British were outraged that their governments did this and then hid it from their own people, recognizing that that level of brutality was completely unfair and also provided no military advantage. There was actually nothing that that achieved. We killed 135,000 innocent people and gained no military advantage through that action. And yet it's that example that they're pointing to in saying, see, we're going to do that again. But the AP is, you know, quick to quietly cover up and and conceal the American diplomats' outrage at this. Meanwhile, from uh, Jerusalem Post, America needs to bomb Iran. This was published yesterday. 
Israel experienced a preemptive attack upon its nation. Uh, now they're saying that we have to uh, bomb Iran. We have to perhaps nuke Iran, saying it's only a question of time before the United Nations Global Club of Zionist Haters will turn international public opinion against Israel with the assistance of the media. Saying that, uh, yeah, we, we, have to, we have to start bombing Iran. America has to start bombing Iran. We, America, we have to start bombing Iran. I, uh, I guess the argument against that would be, no, we don't. <laughs> Done. Yeah, the, the, under, the uh, title here, how do you deal with Iran when it intends to take out Israel with a nuclear bomb? There's only one way this can be prevented, a preemptive strike on Iran by America. Now, they don't actually have a nuclear bomb, but I guess on the assumption that they might one day get one, we should nuke them now. I'm just saying, thank God we didn't have Israelis running American policy during the Cold War, or we'd all be nuclear dust by now. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers... They really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when you look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com. And you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life, while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. Have you tried taking the real red pill? A -a one-of-a-kind heart and brain formula designed exclusively for InfoWarsStore.com. One of the most powerful ingredients in Real Red Pill Plus is pregnanolone. Pregnanolone levels decrease with age, and low levels are associated with fatigue, low brain function, and unhealthy aging. The Real Red Pill Plus also provides essential trace minerals, such as vitamin B12, calcium, copper, and zinc. Featuring naturally occurring L-theanine, caffeine, and theobromine, the energy blend inside the Real Red Pill Plus provides an extra pick-me-up for your day that goes beyond the second cup of coffee. So visit Visit InfoWarsStore.com, go down the rabbit hole, and try taking the real red pill. Now 25% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back, folks. Moving on from Israel now to the island of Ireland and a massive riot that took place over Thanksgiving. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Before we do, I want to play a video by Greg Reese. Before we do that, I want to remind you that everything we do here at InfoWars is sponsored by InfoWarsStore.com. 
It is, in fact, Cyber Monday, and the Cyber Monday sale is on right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're getting up to 60% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points at InfoWarsStore.com on just about all of our products, including our top sellers like Survival Shield X2, which sells out incredibly quickly at full price, but is now massively discounted in addition to Vitamin Mineral Fusion, Vaso Beats, Brain Force Plus, DNA Force Plus, The Real Red Pill Plus, and so much more. And I want to remind you that the free shipping can be a huge saving if you get some of the bigger items that cost a little bit more to ship. Now is the time to take advantage of those discounts, things like water filters and air filters that can cost a little bit more to ship. Take advantage of Cyber Monday and do your Christmas shopping at InfoWarsStore.com. Gifts for everybody, patriots or not. Get your family an air filter. They'll love it. They don't have to know where it comes from. They don't have to know that you're stopping the PFAs from getting into their lungs. They just like the fresh air. (laughs) They don't have to know about the deep-seated treachery that has allowed microplastics into our very bloodstream and air and food and water. But you can protect them from this because you have the knowledge and you can stop the corruption at InfoWarsStore.com. So please do go to InfoWarsStore.com to keep us on the air. It's not just The War Room. It's not just American Journal. It's not just The Alex Jones Show. It's Band.Video and all of the great content creators we have there, including the one and only Greg Reese, who put together this video about the new information being revealed about Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, the airline that uh, the airliner that uh, disappeared over the ocean several years ago. I remember at the time... I mean, it was kind of hilarious to see people like Don Lemon and other CNN anchors sitting there with experts going, could this have been a wormhole? Could it have been a black hole that it got sucked into? Could this be an interdimensional attack from aliens, do you think? Very weird. Of course, that's our job. You're doing our job there. And now there's been some very, very intriguing revelations about Flight 370. Greg Reese breaks them down. Find and share this video at Bandot Video and support us at InfoWarsStore.com. Here's Greg Reese's latest, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, captured by unknown forces. Let's watch. Malaysia Airlines Flight 370 disappeared on March 8, 2014. On May 19th, about nine weeks later, A leaked video was published to YouTube by a third party who claimed to have received it on March 12th. The video shows what appears to be a jet airliner on fire, being trailed by three spiraling orbs. Eventually, the three orbs change to a vertical pattern and disappear in a flash with the airliner, leaving a dead-end trail of smoke in the sky. A month later, on June 12th, a second video was published to the same channel, that showed the exact same event taken from a different viewpoint. These videos have been deleted from YouTube, but can still be found on archive.org. Ashton Forbes and his team have been researching these videos extensively and have provided exhaustive evidence that these videos are legitimate, including digital forensics verified by CGI professionals, eyewitnesses, and government data. Forbes and his team have successfully addressed all debunker claims and have listed them for all to see on x.com at just x ashton 
So far, nobody has been able to debunk this research. Their research shows that the first leaked video was taken from a pair of American signals intelligence satellites known as USA-229, twin satellites capable of creating 3D stereoscopic images by capturing two slightly different views. The twin USA-229 satellites are logged at the exact location, time, and apparent angle required to have captured this video. This event occurred at around 2.30 in the morning. It was completely dark. The wavelengths captured by these cameras are for detail, and the stereoscopic effect allows for added depth perception. The source of the second video has been identified as an MQ-1C Gray Eagle unmanned combat drone with infrared and thermal technology. This video focuses on the heat signature. And the man responsible for leaking these videos seems to be Lieutenant Commander Edward Lynn. He was accused of being a spy, but court transcripts prove that this was just spin. The details of his crimes, including the time they happened, are redacted. But it came out in the trial that the classified information in question was published on the internet and Lieutenant Commander Edward Lynn had full security clearance to the same technology used to capture these videos. Using Inmarsat satellite ping data and military radar to track its path, and eyewitness testimony to verify it, Forbes put together the final flight path of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. On March 7th, at 1642 UTC, Flight 370 takes off from Kuala Lumpur International Airport. At 1721, the plane abruptly turns back towards the nearest airport in Penang. A witness on an oil rig reported that the plane was on fire. Several witnesses along the East Coast reported hearing a loud bang and seeing a glow coming from the plane as it passed overhead. At 1752, the co-pilot's mobile phone pings the local tower. At 1840, an eyewitness on a boat reported that the plane was glowing orange and appeared on fire. The Inmarsat ping data shows the same sharp left turn that we see in the videos, and then abruptly goes to zero as the plane disappears. The CCP released Chinese satellite images that appear to be three orbs. They first claimed it was debris, and later said that releasing the image was a mistake. According to Chinese media, 19 families have signed a statement claiming they made calls that connected to missing passengers after the disappearance, but without an answer. Some people are saying this was alien UFOs saving a plane from crashing. But this doesn't explain the fact that three different advanced U.S. military surveillance cameras captured this one event. 23 of the passengers on board were related to free-scale semiconductors, a field leading the development of superconductor technology, which is what this appears to be, some type of superconductor targeting system for teleportation, which is reminiscent of what the Nazis were doing with their highly classified Die Glock project. Luminous objects like this were first reported in May of 1940 as Germany invaded Belgium. And by 1942, several people began reporting them, starting in the skies over Germany. American pilots during World War II called them Foo Fighters. And let's not forget Gary McKinnon, who in 2002 was accused of perpetrating the biggest military computer hack of all time, and who claimed to have seen evidence of an advanced off-world military fleet. Greg Reese reporting. 
Very, very intriguing stuff. And again, I, I saw some of these posts on Twitter not too long ago. Didn't really give them too much credence just because they're so outlandish. But since then, I've seen a lot of people that I trust uh, give them their backing. People like Kim.com from New Zealand, who's a pretty rock-solid uh, person in terms of the things that he posts. He was lending credence to it, and a lot of other very interesting developments have come about from this. So I'd like to I'd like to talk to this uh, Ashton guy, and I'm sure you know if you if you've watched me for a while, I don't believe in aliens. I don't think it was the aliens. I don't think that there are aliens contacting us. I think there are interdimensional beings. I think there are demons. I think there are spiritual uh, monsters, basically that can manifest. But I believe that a lot of the alien, so-called alien technology that's been revealed is just high-level military technology. And that actually perfectly comports with the Bible and even some of the less well-known books of, you know, that used to be a part of the Bible or, you know, used to be included in Scripture but aren't anymore, where you have demons routinely delivering technology to humanity before we're ready for it in order to deserve, uh, disturb our progression. But who knows? Who knows? I could be wrong on that. But when you look into uh, where a lot of the so-called alien technology came from, most of it came from Nazi scientists who themselves were very involved in the occult, believed in Hollow Earth and Agartha and a number of other interesting things. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. Navigating the maze of mainstream narratives, Harrison Smith finds the hidden paths in the war room. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of The War Room is on. We're going to open up the phone lines for your calls in the third hour. I'm going to try to get through this just massive stack of news I have. Until then, we're going to try to also expand the coverage out from what's actually happening to what it portends and what it means and where we're going from here and how to see this in an unbiased way or a way that's not couched in and, and sort of held captive by the fact that we are contemporaries to the goings-on. In other words, how will people a thousand years from now look at this? Because it's not actually all that complicated. And if we don't see this clearly for exactly what it is, 
then we're going to succumb to the attack. So we're going to talk about Ireland right now, and just to set the stage, it's really not all that complicated. Uh, They are engaged in a campaign of replacement migration for the entire population of Ireland, with news reports going back years with officials in positions to carry out such policies saying things like, we need 5 million new Irish in the next 10 years. This for a island whose population is 5 million. So they're either doubling the population or they're going to maintain the population. It's just going to be Africans instead of Irish living on that island. And I should have, I should have uh, printed it out, but I'm sure our audience is familiar with the maps showing the size of Ireland compared to the size of Africa. And the idea that this little tiny island, this little tiny jewel in the North Atlantic needs somehow to open up its borders for the massive population, massive and ever-growing population of the biggest continent. It's just absurd. It's just utterly ridiculous that this is the case. And we'll, we'll go through, we'll get, we'll get to all of it, the fact that the Irish public is against this. You know, by you know, three out of four majority, seventy-five percent of the Irish polled say we need less migration, but they're only getting more. And now they're instituting hate speech laws, and they're sending police after people who are speaking up for the Irish to silence them and criminalize their opposition to this program that is entirely orchestrated and for the benefit of the elites who run Ireland, despite. It being completely opposed by the people who actually live there. So it's not actually all that complicated. They are engaged in a campaign of genocide, okay? And they're criminalizing your opposition to it. Really very simple. And we'll show you this video and others coming up. Keith Woods gave a recap of these recent events on X. This from yesterday. But this is the timeline. Recap of recent events in Ireland from Keith Woods at Keith Woods YT. Algerian migrant stabs three children and two adults outside of a school. Gripped is the only publication that publishes the man's nationality. Other media publications attack them for informing the public. After riots in Dublin, newspapers run front pages focused on the riot with little mention of the stabbings that occurred. Uproar is blamed on the far right spread of, quote, rumors of criminals' background, despite those rumors, in fact, being true. The Irish government responded by promising more stringent hate speech laws to quell dissent. Conor McGregor, famed fighter, who was a vocal critic of the government policy on immigration, is now under investigation for dissemination of online hate speech. Hazel Chu, former mayor of Dublin, goes on the radio to say government needs to examine the possibility of silencing social media due to Elon Musk criticizing the Irish government. It emerges that the migrant who stabs children was actually arrested on knife crime charges earlier this year, but was released. We also learned that the migrant was issued a deportation order in 2003, but fought it with the help of NGOs and eventually received an Irish passport. Another poll is released showing the majority of Irish people believe Ireland is taking in too many migrants. That's the quick overview. We'll get into some of the nitty gritty details on the other side. But really what you need is that bird's eye view of understanding that the government of Ireland is engaged in a campaign of displacement against its own people. And they're now criminalizing the act of even discussing that in a negative light.
the war room with Harrison Smith is where the shields of truth are forged in the fires of inquiry. All right, we're going to get into what's happened in Ireland over the last week. With the stabbing, the ensuing riots, and the very rapid deployment of censorship and anti-free speech laws. But first, put this in a wider conflict. Realize that the migrant experiment that's happened over the last 10 years in Europe is reaching a crescendo and finally pushback from Europeans is reaching critical levels. End Wokeness put together this list saying Europe is slowly coming to its senses. Nationalist firebrand Gert Wilders won a landslide in the Dutch election. The AFD in Germany won by its biggest margin ever in last month's Hess election. Irish citizens march in the streets against mass immigration after a stabbing attack. French citizens protest against the open border after a stabbing attack. Finland just elected the most right-wing government in history. Swedish government has been forced to cut a deal for stricter immigration laws. In Greece, two right-wing populist parties entered the government for the first time ever. In Switzerland, an anti-immigration and anti-woke party won the Swiss election in October. Nationalist PM Viktor Orban of Hungary won his fourth consecutive term last year. Maloney elected as prime minister on the promise of halting illegals, although her performance has been less than admirable. In Spain, hundreds of thousands are marching against the socialist coup, and Marine Le Pen is surging in France as a stalwart of the anti-immigration faction there. So across all of Europe, a movement to the right and away from the open border suicide policies that they pursued in the past 10 years is evident. And French newspapers are even reporting that French society is, quote, at risk of tipping over after murder of teen in Crepole, says Oliver Varian, the president of Emmanuel Macron's centrist government, spokesperson of Macron, said that French society is at risk of tipping over after the murder of a teenager in France. The death of the 16-year-old, known only as Thomas, has been seized upon by the far right, who have portrayed the killing as symbolic of increasingly insecure conditions in French society. Again, you just... It's annoying the way this is reported. Apparently, you are far right if you don't like children getting stabbed by immigrants that your government brought in a few years ago. Like, it's one thing, people always say, like, you're politicizing this attack. Well, if the attack is the direct result of political policies and you're advocating for a change of those policies to prevent said attack, is that politicizing an attack or is that responding to the political circumstances that brought the attack about? It's not politicizing an attack. It's not taking advantage of an attack. It's not, it doesn't make you far right or an extremist to want sensible migration policies that don't result in your children being murdered at school. Pretty simple, actually. JusticeReport.News has this story. Riots break out in Dublin after migrant attacks target a migrant attack targets Irish women and children. A mass stabbing attack rocked the Irish capital on Thursday, sending a total of five white casualties, including women and children, to area hospitals. According to reports, a suspect connected to the bloodshed is believed to be an Algerian national who deliberately targeted children as they left a primary school. The casualties include an adult male, an adult female, and three young children. One child, a girl, has sustained serious injuries. 
The other two children are being treated for less serious injuries, read a statement by the Garde. The adult female is being treated for serious injuries and the adult male for less serious ones. The mass stabbing took place at approximately 1.30 p.m. and was labeled by Gardai headquarters. And that just means police. Is there anything special about the Gardai or is it just maybe it's like state police? That's just the word the Irish use for police when you hear Gardai. Just hear – just read police. They called it a serious public order incident. According to reports, the suspect was subdued by a number of people in the area, including a children's creche worker now being hailed as a hero for her actions on the scene. So far, no motive has been established, although police have ruled out terrorism as a possibility. Which again, they actually haven't been able to question the guy, so how they've ruled terrorism out is sort of suspect. Meanwhile, a series of fiery protests were launched launched in multiple cities in the wake of the attack, stemming from Irish citizens outraged at migrant-related violence that continues to target the country's most vulnerable. On social media, video clips of demonstrators squaring off against riot police were circulated across various platforms. Some of the videos featured vehicles, including Gardai cars and city buses, set ablaze as violence kicked off throughout the night. Some protesters could even be seen carrying signs stating Irish Lives Matter while others defiantly tossed Gardai bicycles into the river as law enforcement struggled to hold ground. During the protest, one demonstrator could be heard defiantly chanting, get them out, as Gardai checkpoints were quickly overrun. The mounting pressure and support of the victims prompted Minister for Justice Helen McEntee to decry the events as intolerable and warned that thuggish and manipulative elements must not be allowed to use an appalling tragedy to wreak havoc. And uh, Gardai Commissioner... Uh, Drew Harris, sorry, lost lost my place here. But I want to get the, I want to get the quote exactly right. Said the outrage being expressed in Dublin originated from a complete lunatic faction driven by far right ideology. Complete lunatic fashion, uh, faction driven by far right ideology. These are people who have been against immigration from the beginning. Now they're seeing mass stabbings take place from some of the migrants that their government have not only allowed in, but have already been charged with stabbing offenses, have already had deportation orders, and yet through the work of NGOs and treasonous elements in the government has been allowed to stay and carry out this attack against innocent children, traumatizing them for life. Violent. This is CNN. Violent clashes erupt in Dublin after stabbing of five people as police blame far-right ideology. Now, if you just read that headline, you might actually come away with the idea that the stabbing of the five people was a result of far-right ideology. No, the stabbing was the migrants, and the outrage is because of the stabbing from the migrant. Just completely insane. Utterly and completely insane. From The Real Fly, the Algerian man who stabbed children to death in Ireland was ordered deported in 2003 but was saved by NGOs and allowed to stay. The chief suspect in the stabbings that led to the riots was once the subject of a deportation order, senior Garda uh, sources said yesterday. The Sunday Times has learned that the man, originally from Algeria and in his 50s, was arrested in 2003. However, after a judicial review in the high court, his deportation order was revoked. Sources said in 2008, the Department of Justice granted the man leave to stay in Ireland. One said he was due to be deported 20 years ago, but fought the order for five years. He eventually obtained an Irish passport. He was a naturalized Irish citizen. And that actually led some headlines to say stuff like, 
uh, the claims that he was a migrant are uh, false. He'd been in Ireland for 20 years. It's like, okay, but where was he before that? Oh, his home country, where he came from? He's a migrant. It's not that complicated. Suspect in Dublin stabbing was charged with knife possession also in May of this year, but never convicted. So he was charged in 2003 with a stabbing conviction. They tried to deport him. NGOs helped him stay. Earlier this year, he was charged with another uh, stabbing or with at least knife possession, but never convicted. He arrived in Ireland from Algeria more than two decades ago. He's been an Irish citizen for more than 10 years and was known to the Garday. The latest incident uh, incident involved possession of a knife as well as criminal damage to a car in May. He was taken to court on the charges but did not receive a conviction. The male understands he was not convicted due to mental health report given to the court. So again, this is another pattern that we're seeing and that we've illustrated as happening here in America where you've got people who do crime, they commit a crime, they injure somebody or kill somebody in the case of the criminals here in America, and then they're deemed mentally unfit to be convicted and they're just released where they go on to commit more and even more horrific crimes. This is a broken system and to oppose this, to protest against this, to speak out against this does not make you a far-right extremist. Makes you a sensible person who cares about innocent lives and who opposes your government's own policies that result in the death, injury, or trauma inflicted on innocent children by these people that they support and are bringing in. Thanksgiving 2023 is here, and I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. It takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. Normally, Christmas is our biggest sell of the year, but because of supply chain breakdowns and other issues, this is our biggest sale because finally, almost all of our best-selling products are finally back in stock, including sold out for more than a year, X2, the only true nascent iodine out there is finally back. What it does for your immune system, your body, all your cells is miraculous. It's discounted at InfoWarsTore.com. Double Patriot points, free shipping, biggest sale hands down of 2023. I'm sure Christmas will have a big sale, but we'll be sold out of most of this. So Christmas has come early. Black Friday's come early. And it funds the InfoWar. Get X2. Get VasoBeats back in stock. Get all the other great products at InfoWarsStore.com right now. But again, Our fan favorite, my favorite, is X2. Sold out for over a year. Could be our last run if we're shut down. Get it while you can. X2. Discounted. InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show.
familiar pattern of events that Ireland went through this week. You've got the government in opposition to the desires of the Irish people, bringing in thousands upon thousands of unvetted migrants, so-called asylum seekers, despite the fact they're not actually seeking asylum from any force or in no way qualify for the asylum that they're attempting to claim. They commit crimes. They brutalize the native people while being supported and given housing and cash from the government themselves. And then outrage about this is deemed hate, far-right lunatic ideology, and they pass hate speech laws to silence dissident uh, dissent against the policies that are actively destroying these people's homeland. It's happened at a slower rate over the rest of Europe. For some reason, they're really ramping it up in Ireland. And it's one of those things that you hear all the time where it's like, oh, these people are, you know, they're asylum seekers. We need to help them. Like, it goes through this process of like, starting with the, you know, the need to protect these these poor innocent people. And then, okay, well, maybe they're not actually asylum seekers, but actually we deserve it because white people are evil and have colonized the world. And so it's punishment. You know, you deserve this for your ancestors' actions overseas. That doesn't actually work. Well, it shouldn't work anywhere. It's not actually a valid reason for anything that's going on, but especially Ireland. It really reaches the level of absurdity when it comes to Ireland, who themselves have been the victim of colonization and been the victim of imperialism for basically their entire history, never colonized anybody, never had imperial might over any overseas land, and yet they're receiving this treatment as well, which tells you really everything they're saying is crap. And the reality is that they're systematically destroying the white race and one by one overwhelming European countries and taking them over from the inside. Losing a war without ever firing a shot is what's happening to these European countries. And it really is despicable. From National Pulse, Ireland, we are at war. Conor McGregor calls on Irish to destroy hotels before migrants can be moved in. Mis- mis- mixed martial artist, art superstar Conor McGregor has said members of the public should, quote, evaporate properties before they can be taken over unannounced, apparently in reference to hotels and other buildings, which Irish government is filling with migrants after giving locals short or zero advance notice. Quote, do not let any Irish property be, ta- be took over unannounced, wrote the former UFC featherweight and lightweight world champion. Evaporate said property. It's a war, he continued, later reiterating, Ireland, we are at war for good measure. McGregor was apparently responding to news that the Irish government had begun piling the first of at least 70 migrant men into a 22-bedroom guest house on a residential area barely a day after Integration Minister O'Gorman had claimed he would meet with locals to discuss their concerns. The fighter made the comments after he had expressed anger over a migrant who was able to move to Ireland despite being a convicted pedophile, murdering a young female teacher, but before another incident in which a migrant stabbed a woman and three toddlers outside of a Dublin school. So these initial statements were made prior to the stabbing attack that we're discussing and just in general amidst the 
influx of migrants to Ireland, again, in total opposition to the desires of the people that actually live there. So again, you've got the government secretly, clandestinely making agreements with like hotel chains or owners of large private property to move in dozens upon dozens of migrant men to like small towns in Ireland. And the people in those small towns hear about this and go, whoa, whoa, we, are, we don't want this. We don't want to have 77 African men plopped down in the middle of our town. And then the very next day, the men are there regardless. And if you speak up against it, they say that you're you know, a far-right, hateful person and that your view should be silenced. So again, McGregor accurately recognizes they are at war. Ireland is at war. The Irish people are at war against the Irish government and their global masters. But then when that stabbing attack took place, it prompted an even more furious reaction from McGregor, who backed members of the public who rioted in response to the attacks, uh, protected or defended them against smears that they were far right, warning, we are not backing down, we are only warming up. And all I can say is, I hope so. Because, hey, I've got the First Amendment. I'm in America, and we have free speech. So I'll let you know right now, what's being done to Ireland by the Irish government is far worse than anything the Irish rioters did, have done, or even have the capability of doing. Irish police investigate Conor McGregor over riot tweets. Irish police are reportedly investigating Conor McGregor's social media posts amid rising concerns about the spread of hate speech online in the wake of far-right riots in Dublin this week. So again, if you oppose this, that's hate speech. If you oppose what your government is doing to you, that's hate speech. If you don't like your government importing dozens upon dozens of unvetted and in some cases known to be criminal elements into your society, placing them, paying for them to stay in your town, you're a far-right hateful person and that's hate speech and you need to be silenced. The police said the unrest came after hateful assumptions that were made about the Knifeman's identity based on material circulating online and linked the unrest to a, quote, lunatic hooligan faction driven by far-right ideology. Of course, the reports that the man was from Algeria were confirmed. I mean, that is accurate. Uh, But they're claiming that it was unsubstantiated and therefore driven by hate, despite the fact that it was true and real and responding, in my opinion, appropriately. Mr. McGregor, an MMA star from Dublin who was known for controversial rants, said he did not condone the riots, but called for change in Ireland. So it's not necessary for you to condone violence or to encourage violence, but to call for change, well, that's very hateful. Responding to a message from Britain First Leader Paul Golding on X, calling for him to organize a freedom march, Mr. McGregor said the violence had achieved nothing towards fixing the issues we face, saying, quote, I do understand frustrations, however, and I do understand a move must be made to ensure the change we need is ushered in, and fast. He said in a series of posts critical of Ireland's leaders and the country's migration policies. I'm in the process of arranging. Believe me, I'm way more tactical and have backing. There will be change in Ireland. Mark my words, the change needed. So again, he says he doesn't support the violence. The violence achieved nothing and that we need real political change and organization to bring that change about. And this, of course, is being investigated for hate speech. And he may very well face charges in Ireland who does not have the First Amendment, does not have guarantees of free speech and is indeed writing new speech laws to further criminalize the expression of dissent against their government. 
This is, uh, you know, our democracy at work. While there was no suggestion that Mr. McGregor was endorsing the violence or politics of the hard right, he also listed a slew of crimes supposedly committed by immigrants against Irish nationals and warned that if the government does not act soon with their plan of action to ensure Ireland's safety, I will. So again, it's just they can they can import thousands of Africans. Those Africans can commit crimes. But if you speak out, if you list them on the Internet, oh, you're the hateful far right lunatic. I hate to tell you. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war. But I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link. X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. Infowars.com forward slash show. Peeling back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. We're going to continue talking about what's going on in Ireland and show you some videos of the hate speech laws that are being instituted as a response to the outrage and anger from the Irish people over migrants, not just being flooded into Ireland at an unsustainable rate, causing a lot of problems for the average Irish person, but then also specific events in which the migrants commit horrific crimes and people respond negatively to that. And again, it gets a little confusing because of the way this is reported the timeline gets all scrambled. For example, this article from, I believe, the is this the Independent, the Telegraph. I'm sorry. So this is from the Telegraph. It says Mr. McGregor's remarks drew an immediate rebuke from Ireland's deputy PM Michael Martin, who branded them absolutely disgraceful. But it's kind of confusing as to whether they're talking about the comments that he made about the event that occurred last week, or whether this was in response to the comments he made earlier this month after the conviction of Slovakian laborer Joseph Pushka for the murder of 23-year-old teacher Ashling Murphy in the central town of Tullamore. He called for, quote, serious policy reforms regarding Ireland's immigration and refugee process. Among his demands were the creation of a new task force with, quote, the sole objective of assessing and monitoring all entrants that come into Ireland. Oh, whoa, how extreme. How far right of him. This is the crazy thing. So you've got some immigrant laborer who murders a 23-year-old teacher. In response, 
got this popular Irish celebrity saying we need serious policy reform regarding Ireland's immigration and refugee process and that we should have a task force with the sole objective of assessing and monitoring all entrants into Ireland. And they're just like, this is absolutely disgraceful that you would suggest such a thing. Is it though? Well, what, why? What is disgraceful about this? What is even incorrect about this? How can you even have a refugee asylum program settling thousands of migrants without already having some sort of vetting process in place? Of course, if anything, it'll be like the vetting process we have here in America, which is did you download our app? Did you click the I'm an asylum seeker button? Well, you're in. And that's the vetting we go through, so not not much better than having nothing, but Ireland has nothing, so. And then the way they talk about this, I mean, it's so pathetic and and predictable when they say things like, quote, he fits into the myth of the alpha male using violence to get his way, and he's a multimillionaire. He's saying the things they like to hear, says Brian Wall, editor of online news outlet The Beacon, told The Telegraph. So again, you've got just an Irish dude who, yeah, he's a fighter, but nowhere in his you know, rhetoric does he say, we need to use violence to kill these people. He literally says, quote, we need serious policy reforms regarding Ireland's immigration. And it just has to be categorized and, and portrayed as if this is some sort of alpha male far right myth of, of the strong man using violence to get his way. No, it's a perfectly reasonable policy. It's a policy that's in fact shameful it hasn't been pursued already. It is the most reasonable policy you could possibly have on the matter. But they can't have you discussing this, so they have to portray the most reasonable rhetoric about this as somehow dangerous, far-right fantasy world. Completely absurd. And they even admit in this article that the the migration program has had massive effects on the Irish economy. Concerns about health care provision and housing shortages, among other issues, have been increasingly channeled, they say, into anti-migrant rhetoric via social media of late. Well, is the migration policy the cause of the housing crisis? Oh, it is, at least in some part. Then how is it being channeled into that? Again, it's just you have policies that are bad, policies that hurt the native Irish, and if the native Irish who oppose these policies – with a massive majority of people in Ireland opposing these policies. And yet, if you oppose them, you're called far-right, a lunatic, and it's act, it, they act as though the people in the right wing are, like, dishonest in their – like, they're just using this anger. No, it's just appropriate anger. And as we've started wars over the last two years over the supposed democracy – that Europe operates under, you should be listening to the majority of your population who all hold this very sensible concept that you should actually vet the people you're bringing into your country by the millions. And we've covered it, and you can find videos and, and photos of all this where you've got like a new, a new house for sale in Ireland, and there's a line around the block. There's like 100 people standing in line to see this house, which is entirely unaffordable for most Irish people. But there's a massive housing shortage in Ireland. 
meaning that the native Irish people can't afford houses. Meanwhile, they're bringing in thousands of migrants who they're putting in four-star hotels and paying for their stay. It's an invasion that's taking place. And of course, we can bring up the article from the Irish Independent from January 19th of 2021. Ireland needs 4 million migrants to sustain state pension system. So that's the excuse they're giving. They're saying, well, we need these migrants to sustain the Ponzi scheme we set up and forced you all into called the pension system. Of course, the same thing happened in Sweden and France. Both of those countries brought in millions of migrants for this exact same reason to sustain the economy because in the current creation, the the current establishment of democracy, it's not the economy that exists for the sake of the citizen. It's the citizen that exists for the sake of the economy. And if they're not fulfilling their role as booster of the economy, then they can be replaced by a foreigner who will better serve the economy. It's an inversion of the way everything is supposed to work. And so they did this in places like Sweden and France. They brought in millions of people with the excuse of we need them to prop up the pension system. What happened? Well, the vast majority of those people they brought in immediately went on health, uh, went on welfare, immediately went on the dole of the state, cost the taxpayer millions more dollars. And so in response, France and Sweden had to up the retirement age and force the French and Swedish citizens to work years longer into their old age in order to pay for the migrants they brought over to prop up the pension system. It's complete madness, or it would be. It would be madness if these people were actually legitimate in their intentions. If the intention really was to prop up the economy, and this was just a necessary move they had to make for the sake of everybody, when the outcome was the opposite of what they wanted, they would reverse that policy. If you're bringing in millions of people to uphold the economy and instead they all go on the dole, they all deprive the state pensions of their funds, and now you have to force people to work even longer before they can retire, none of this makes any sense. None of this makes any sense. It's all ridiculous nonsense, and it's all rhetoric concealing the fact that this is a program of elimination for the native populations of Europe. And as uh, Chaya Rychik, the operator of the Libs of TikTok account notes, UFC champion uh, Conor McGregor is reportedly being investigated for online hate speech. And in this, she notes that uh, in relation to the chronic housing shortage that has made basic living unaffordable for many citizens, McGregor has spoken up. It's not even debatable. It's like basic living is unaffordable for the citizens of Ireland. There's a chronic housing shortage Everybody acknowledges this, and you tell me whether you think it's better or worse for a chronic housing shortage to bring in millions more people. To bring in 4 million more people into a island with a population of 5 million people, you think that's going to help the housing shortage or hurt it? And then when Irish people who just want to live, they just want to be able to afford a house, they just want their own country to serve them instead of foreigners... They're being called hateful, bigots, right-wing fanatics, and now they're instituting hate speech laws to stop you from speaking up against the policies instituted by this democracy. Thanksgiving 2023 is here, and I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. 
and I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving, that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com, research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. It takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, folks. There's some interesting wrinkles to this Dublin attack story. But before we get to some of the hate speech laws that are being passed and just how Orwellian they truly are, try to wrap our minds around what's actually happening here. And again, this isn't just about Ireland. This is happening all over Europe and here in America. And it relates to a lot of different issues that we've talked about here for a while. And like none of these things are necessarily bad at the outset. Asylum-seeking, social welfare, they have good intentions behind them, obviously. But they don't get checked. They don't ever stick to the original intention of these policies. And instead, they become vessels for abuse and they become easy to take advantage of by bad actors. And somehow we can't stop this from happening. We could, but we don't. So asylum, I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's not. It's nice. It's a nice idea. It's nice to think that America, the land of the free, can be this place that protects innocent people who are being prosecuted and persecuted by their own government. Of course, we're the ones being persecuted now, but that's beside the point. It's a, it's a nice idea. But if people are just, you know, Guatemalan farmers that are just like, oh, I can go to America and claim asylum. I mean, they're not being hunted. They're not being persecuted. They're not 
you know, under threat of being illegally arrested by their government, subjected to torture. Like that's the idea. The idea, and this originally was brought about in World War II because we said, look, you know, you got the Nazis running rampant all over Europe. They're attacking, they're attacking and imprisoning and killing innocent Jews who haven't done anything wrong, and they're not giving them trial, and they're, they're just persecuting them. So we don't have time to make these people go through the immigration process. It's an emergency. Let's get this done. And so they create the asylum laws, which means you can come, you can get into America, you can be here legally while we process you know, the claims that you're being persecuted. And if they turn out to be valid, then you can stay. And, and again, we just expedite the immigration process. Somehow this has morphed into millions of people from all over the world entering into America in an unrestricted and unsupervised fashion. Total nonsense. Same thing with welfare, where you go, hey, we're a first world country. We're a rich country. We have plenty of resources. There's no reason why somebody who's having trouble getting work or gets injured or, or something like that, we as a community should come together and we can all you know, take a dollar or two out of our paycheck and help this person get back on their feet. Or, or just not have to starve to death because who's going to, you know, why should anybody in America starve to death? We have plenty of food. Let's just, you know, just have, have a welfare system, have a little safety net. That makes perfect sense, totally reasonable. But then you've got both of these things combining in addition to the just intergenerational welfare system that we have now where people whose parents and grandparents have all subsisted entirely on welfare just pass that activity along in addition to the fact that now we have open borders with millions of people coming across and then living forever on handouts this doesn't make any sense this is complete nonsense and if the only solution to this is to end the programs that again good intentions it's a nice idea but if it's just being taken advantage of i guess that's why we can't have good things I guess we need to get rid of all of it would be my suggestion or at least one of them. If you're going to have unrestricted immigration, you can't have a welfare state. If you're going to have a welfare state, you can't let millions of foreigners come in and live forever off the largesse of American taxpayers. This is nonsense or Irish taxpayers or French taxpayers. Just complete insanity. And so we have a video here. This was posted not too long ago, September of 2023. Look at this queue to view a show house in Dublin. How can Irish people compete with the world for housing? So this is a single home that's now available for sale in Ireland. This gives you an idea of the, the housing crunch that they're experiencing. As you just see hundreds of people standing in line to see this one house. Hundreds of people competing for the right to have a place to live. By the way, the vast majority of them, not even Irish. It's not even Irish people. It's Indian people and African people, Southeast Asian people, all competing with the native Irish for a place to live. It's replacement migration. That's what's happening here. So this is just one of the social pressures being brought about by the suicidal Migration policies of Ireland. And so as a result of the migrants being brought in, 
there's an increase in violence. There's more pressure on the housing system. There's more pressure on the pension system, ironically enough, since that's the excuse they use to bring these people in. And there's native Irish children being stabbed as they exit school from one of these migrants who was supposed to be deported 20 years ago, but NGOs helped him stay. And then he was charged with a knife crime earlier this year, but he wasn't convicted. So time and time again, there were chances for the system to intervene and prevent this tragedy from happening. But time and time again, they side with the criminal foreigner over the native Irish. And now you have five innocent lives damaged, if not totally destroyed, by the policies that it is increasingly becoming illegal to oppose. So first we'll go to clip number six. This is Irish Prime Minister uh, Leo Varadkar, or something, uh, demanding that hate speech laws be passed. Let's, let's listen, shall we? In addition to that, I think it's now very obvious to anyone who might have doubted it um, that our incitement hatred legislation is just not up to date. It's not up to date for the social media age. Uh, and we need that legislation through, and we need it through within a matter of weeks, um, because it's not just the platforms who have a responsibility here, and they do. Uh, there's also the individuals uh, who post messages and images online uh, that stir up hatred and violence, uh, and we need to be able to use laws to go after them individually as well. Stir up hatred and violence. You're stirring up hatred and violence by pointing out that the policies of this government have led to violence. I don't know how people can't see through this. It's like a joke. It's like so obvious. It would be funny if it wasn't real. It's like the Norm MacDonald joke. You know, if, if a Muslim extremist set off a dirty bomb in New York and killed 5 million people, I'd be really worried about the backlash against innocent Muslims. It's like, what about the, what about the millions of people being hurt and damaged by this? What about the natives of the land being taken advantage of. But he's getting what he wants. InfoWars has the story. Irish MP says, quote, we are restricting freedom for the common good with this new hate speech bill. We'll tell you about what is in this bill on the other side. Let's go now to uh, clip number five. Here is that Irish MP explaining that your basic rights need to be eradicated because it can make some people feel uncomfortable. Let's watch. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Oh, well, as long as it's for the common good. Oh, I didn't understand it was for the common good. Oh, my mistake. Oh, my mistake. I thought you were restricting basic human rights because you're just purely vindictive, hateful little maggots. But, oh, you said common good, so I guess I have to submit now? I guess we all have to submit. And even just the, the, the view, the foundation she's working from is so perverted and perverse, where she says all legislation is about restricting rights. <laughs> what? 
So the civil rights legislation, that was about restricting rights, was it? Has there never been legislation that actually expands and enshrines rights? No, it's all about restricting rights. Now, there are rights that are restricted by law. Things like you don't have a right to walk around naked. Sure, sure. You're restricting that right because you're trying to preserve the innocence and well-being of people around you. They're talking about restricting the right to oppose what the government is doing. So this is the actual death of democracy. I'll tell you what's actually in this legislation on the other side. Stay with us. First came Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Super Mario Brothers. And now the ultimate retro nostalgia throwback game. I present to the world Alex Jones's New World Order Wars. They're turning the friggin' frogs game. I'll eat your ass. You Nazi scum. Let's free the Patriots and defeat the globalist tech We are going to defeat the globalists very bigly. This game is mostly peaceful. Woo! Ah! Mm, I'm going to lower the world's population. <laughs> oh, big deal. I'm taking you down, rapist. I did not have sexual relations with that saxophone. <laughs> Download it now at alexjonesgame.com because as we all know, anything badass gets censored.